0: Welcome to the Community Worship Service. We are really pleased that you can join us for this special time together today. My name is Randy Smart, and on behalf of the committee planning this event, we are thrilled that we could produce uh, this opportunity for worship together as a community. It's our prayer that this online service will uh, be useful and encouraging uh, to many. Psalm 122, the psalmist wrote, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So whether you're sitting with your church family or watching at home, we hope that the music and ministry will, will be an encouragement to you. The service will include a brief greeting by Mayor Martin Harder, worship through music by Orlando and Grace Sukau, a testimony by Ryan Rempel, a children's feature by Jeanette Hepner, and a special message by Danny Mackay. And so we're going to uh, take time to pray as we begin uh, this uh, service together. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the opportunity to present ourselves to you. We ask that you would help us to be thoughtful and mindful of the great privilege that we have to have access to you in prayer and to do that together as your people. And we ask that this service could be a meaningful time for all. In Jesus' name. Oh man! and now we'll ask mayor martin harder to greet us as a community
1: well hello winkler we're here to celebrate today the harvest festival time is here and we're seeing this live from your local churches want to bring greetings on behalf of the city of winkler and just tell you that we are here as a community to be united we've seen a lot of difficulties over this last year we've seen divisions within families within churches and it's all been about self versus selflessness I want to talk to you a little bit today about the difference between being selfish and selflessness selfish is one where human rights and our rights are priority based and so therefore that is what we fight for selflessness is when we look to others and to see what they have to contribute to your community I would challenge you today that as a community, we need to bring all the people together in a self less environment where we are more concerned about others than we are about ourselves. As a community this has done great damage in the split within our community. And we wanna get back to where we were as a community working together. Today is a good time to start. Today is a time to look at our environment around us and say, what can I do for my neighbor? who is my neighbor? As the Bible would uh, ask the question, who is my neighbor? It's the one you get in contact with. And it doesn't make any difference whether it's on Facebook or whether it's across the street or whether it's in the grocery store or wherever you go. It is one where we reach out to others. That's what our community is. That's what we want to be. That's what we have been. And that's where we want to go. So today, as you look at your life and you look at Uh, the difference between your attitude towards self and your attitude toward others, that adjustment, if you could make that adjustment, would make all the difference in the world. The other part is the difference between faith and fear. We have been driven by a society, driven by fear, and it doesn't make any difference. I'm not picking any sides here, whether it's vaccine or non-vaccine or whatever. It is fear-driven. The ones who are absolutely terrified of the vaccine would be fear-driven because of what it may do to me. Again, self. The ones who are driven by the, the lack of vaccine and others are driven by the fear of what may happen to them. We need to get into an environment where we have faith. Not to be stupid, but simply to be a people that care about others. So today, as I wrap this up, I just want to encourage you. Care about others. Care about those in your community. Care about those of surrounding community and become a people of selflessness and a people driven by faith rather than by fear.
0: Thank you to Mayor Martin Harder for your uh, encouragement to us as a community today. Now, Orlando and Grace Sucow are going to lead us in worship. They have been uh, anxiously looking forward to this opportunity to uh, sing with us today.
2: So we're going to start off today, invite the Lord's presence with a prayer.
1: Lord be with
2: From the darkness I can't see. God that was crucified Is calling us all by name You are calling us all by name The Love of God it's an old hymn a favorite hymn feel free to sing along everyone
0: The offering received to this worship service after expenses is intended to be shared with three ministries Danny mckay with equip canada as an evangelist give the word a ministry born in manitoba and involved in scripture distribution and also eden healthcare services through the eden foundation based here in winkler earl reimer from the eden foundation will now give testimony to the work that they are doing
3: i recently heard a presentation on the significance of the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah, as you may recall, uh, was an influential figure in the Babylonian court, now would be identified as Iran, and it had been almost 100 years since uh, the more affluent, the well-to-do, the healthier, the most talented had been taken into Babylon from Judea. And uh, there was a desire for people to go home, but they had felt they were feeling hopeless Hopeless, even though people who were captive had done very well for themselves. Uh, You may recall that Daniel was one of those people as well that had done quite well for himself. Some had been permitted to return to Jerusalem. Nehemiah was a governor at that time, and he was at the elbow of the king. And uh, he had a downcast appearance about him. And that did not go unnoticed, and it was uncommon as well. So the king says, so why are you grumpy? And uh, Nehemiah says, well, the rebuilding of the walls in Jerusalem isn't going so good, the people are hopeless, and uh, we've, got, uh, we've got problems over there. Nehemiah asks, the, and the, the king says to Nehemiah, so what is it that you want? He takes a few days to figure it out as to what it is that he wants, then comes back with a fairly extensive list, and he gets it, along with the power to exercise the duties that he wants to do. He gets to Jerusalem, and hope is restored. People are ready to put themselves to the work again, and the walls get rebuilt. This was the shape of hope, and hope needs a shape. And the shape for people being repressed was the reconstruction of the walls of Jerusalem. Hope gives people the ability to overcome what was identified as hopeless. It is the intention the fo- goal the focus of the entire eden organization to give hope a shape the shape of hope is a place where people can find community the shape of hope is a place where people can find healing the shape of hope is a place where people can make a home you are the shape of hope when you support the work of eden healthcare services thank you for your support
0: thank you earl we will also hear a testimony from Ryan Rempel about Give the Word and from our speaker, Danny Mackay. You know, we live in a time when many people are asking questions and looking for hope. We believe that the answers are rooted in Jesus Christ and available to all people. The agencies offered uh, for support today all have a role to play in caring for others and offering the hope that is rooted in Christ Jesus. The method for giving is a little different than when we were gathered at the Winkler Park. Receiving for gifts will be through, done through Bethelberg Taller Mennonite Church. If you are sending a check, it's BBMC at Box 197, Winkler, Manitoba, R6W4A5, or you can donate online at the Bethelberg Taller Mennonite uh, website. If you're having trouble finding the website, simply type in OurBethelChurch.com. And there should be a special link available for that donation. Thank you for your generosity as we share together as a community. I'd like to introduce to you Ryan Rempel. Ryan is the founder and project director for Give the Word, a Bible distribution ministry based in Winnipeg. And he has a passion for local gospel outreach and uh, established this ministry to provide Bibles free of charge as a local uh, ministry. Ryan will share a testimony with us at this time.
4: My name is Ryan Rempel. I'm the director and founder of Give the Word, and uh, we've been around for eight years now. Our mission is simple. Um, It's literally to just give the word. Uh, So we make the the Bible free and available uh, for ministries to use for outreach and evangelism across Canada uh, and beyond. Give the Word was started uh, about eight years ago now, uh, and it just started... With a passion to make the Bible free and available uh, to give to people uh, right here at home, starting in our own backyard, and it was—it came from my own personal passion to share my faith uh, and my story. And uh, so, when I started Give the Word, I really had no idea what God was going to do with it. It was scary. It was terrifying. Um, you know, I have a wife and three kids and a mortgage and. Um, you know, raising support for something like this was, it was daunting. Um, But I just really felt God pulling me towards this type of ministry. And uh, he just kept on giving me the words, give the word, which is exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, And so when I started, I just said, okay, God, if you're in this, provide. And if not, don't. And I'll be happy with that. And uh, lo and behold, you know, God was in it right from the beginning. Um, Our first office in Winnipeg, uh, was donated by a businessman who just uh, heard about what we were doing and wanted to help and started giving us office and warehouse space in his, in his building. And uh, Tyndale Publishing came on board and with a Bible order that was supposed to cost us about $80,000, they brought that down to about $25,000 um, just because they were just excited about what we were starting to do. And uh, a trucking company came on board and uh, offered to do all of our shipping for free. And a printing company came on board and did all of our promotional material at no cost. It was it, I, it was a whirlwind of, of God's provision uh, because it's not something I ever asked for. It was just literally like, here you go. And all I had to do was say, here I am, send me. Uh, and God has done the rest. And I'm so happy it happened like that because... God showed me whose ministry this was uh, by providing for us like that. Um, we did nothing to deserve it. We were just willing vessels. There was a lady named Mary Ann uh, that we were introduced to uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, we ended up driving a Bible to her house to give her a Bible after um, a lady had called us and just said she has this friend uh, who is open to the gospel and open to receiving a Bible. And uh, so I just kind of dropped what I was doing uh, at the time. and. Uh, seized the opportunity and drove out to her place, uh, actually in Ildachene, and uh, showed up at her house with this Bible, and she was taken aback uh, a bit that it showed up so soon, uh, but she was very grateful for it, and uh, she gave me a hug, and I went on my way. Um, I don't know how long exactly it was later, it was probably about six months later, she called me up and said, I don't know if you remember me, but you gave me this Bible. And uh, she said, this Bible actually changed my life, and I wanted you to know that. And uh, she said, uh, I had started reading it, and uh, the words just started speaking to me. Uh, and it wasn't long before I found a relationship with Jesus. And uh, she talked how she got plugged into a local church, and how she had just gotten baptized, and her life had was, was just radically transformed. And uh, she went on to talk about how she had led her teenage daughter uh, to the Lord, who had lived, was living in BC at the time. And uh, so we got to send her a Bible. And it was a few weeks later that uh, she ended up leading this uh, psychic uh, slash medium uh, woman to the Lord uh, who she was doing some writing for uh, previously um, and just started talking about God with her. And she became a Christian, and we got to send her a Bible. And uh, she's been, you know, sharing her faith ever since and uh, often picks up Bibles from our warehouse on a regular basis and just keeps sharing stories with us. It's it's truly amazing. Uh, another story that comes to mind uh, is a man named, uh, um, I'm just going to call him Dave, and uh, he was from uh, Timmins, Ontario, and he called me up one day, uh, and he just said, you know, I was out, I'm a truck driver, I was out driving our, driving my truck, and uh, this person came to my door uh, on my truck and, and gave me a Bible. And uh, I really had no... Uh, inclination uh, to find out who God was, uh, until I started picking that Bible up and I started reading it, uh, and there were so many. He said there were so many helps for new believers and seekers who knew nothing about relationship with God, and and uh, he just said I just started kind of falling in love with what was being uh, talked about in the Bible, and uh, ended up giving my life to the Lord, and and uh, he took that Bible home with him, and. And his wife started noticing changes in him and she asked if she could have his Bible and he said, no, this one's mine, but it says here where this came from. And and so she ended up giving us a call and, and uh, we ended up sending her a Bible. And uh, a few weeks later, um, she had given her life to the Lord and her and her husband had started going to church. And it was literally weeks after that uh, that they led their two teenage kids to the Lord. And now this whole family, uh, you know, is serving the Lord by somebody simply Giving this man a Bible. And the Word of God is so alive um, if it's read and put into practice. It's just paper if it's not. But it is alive uh, and it changes people's lives. And uh, um, if there's one thing that I could challenge people to do is, is, is to make Jesus known. Um, we are God's plan A uh, to get the gospel out there, and there is no plan B. We're it. Uh, and so the most beautiful thing that we can do as believers. Uh, is to share what's most important to us, uh, which is Jesus. And simply by making him known, the Holy Spirit is able to do so much more than we ever will. So whatever you lack, whatever skills you lack in sharing the gospel, just step out of your comfort zone and do something, and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And we see it happen over and over and over. And what a joy that we get to partner with what God is doing in building his kingdom. The fact that he would use us is, is a beautiful thing. And uh, so my challenge to you is give the word, share your faith. We'll help you do it. If you're wondering how to get involved with us, um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can find us online at uh, www.givetheword.com. You can find us on Facebook at Give the Word. Uh, And you can donate online too. We would love to have your support. Um, As Bibles go out, we have to repurchase and bring them back into our warehouse And uh, so if you'd like to support us in any way, simply visit us online at givetheword.com, and uh, we would love to hear from you.
0: Thank you, Ryan, for sharing your story with us. For our scripture focus today, I'd like to read very briefly from uh, the last part of of Matthew uh, chapter 9, where Jesus said this, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And another verse which you will hear in the message presentation today is from Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now we're going to have a special feature by Jeanette Hepner for the children Jeanette is from Winkler she is active in sharing stories through through acting and for many years she has written and produced scripts for the Emanuel Mennonite Church and facilitated children's or Christmas programs for other churches today Jeanette and a few of her friends will join us with a feature for the children
5: well hello it is so good to see you all here today now I have a question for you what does it mean to Harvest something. Yes. Uh, like, uh, like combine, it up. combine it up so you're thinking of a field. Yep. Any other ideas of what it means to harvest? What we mean by harvest? Yes. Collecting grain. Winter winter. For winter. Oh, I like that idea. We're collecting stuff. Yeah. Do any of you have a garden On your yard or fruit trees a few of you do okay all right what kinds of things you start said we said grain what other kinds of things do you think we can harvest thinking about a garden or a fruit tree yeah Uh, cucumbers Cucumbers, tomatoes tomatoes, tomatoes, carrots carrots. carrots. those are some of my favorites Cherries. cherries ooh yum yes Anything else that we can pull out of gardens? Blueberries. Blueberries. We can pull out weeds. Do you know? I totally gotcha. We pull out a lot of weeds. We pull out a lot of weeds as well. You know what? I brought myself, brought along today a mini garden. So you actually have mentioned a couple of the things, and I'm just going to go like that. Don't trip on that. You mentioned a couple of the things I brought in my mini garden today. I have some cucumbers, I have some cherry tomatoes, and I have snap peas over here. So I'm going to let you each come up and you can pick one thing to harvest. One thing. Come on up. You can pick one thing to harvest. Which thing? The cucumber. Go ahead, right there. Yep. Oh, good harvesting. I'm gonna come up and harvest one thing. What would you like to harvest, a snap pea, a tomato, or a cucumber? Okay, can you find one? Oh, there's another one, excellent. Gentlemen, come on up, you can both come up, yeah. What would you like, cucumber, a tomato? What would you like to pick? Cucumber or peas? peas? Okay, they're right in here. You can come on over. Yeah, there you go, you can grab a pea out of there. Super. Ladies, come on up. All right, we got cucumber, tomato, or snap pea. Oh, you okay? You got it? you going for a cucumber as well? Oh, I see one more right there. Excellent. Now, not many of you picked the snap peas. One person picked a snap pea and one person picked a tomato. I got so much stuff left over. Huh? What if we got too tired and we decided, "I'm not going to pick anymore"? What would happen to all of this stuff that's left in our garden? Yeah, it would rot. It would just go away. Did now? You all had a choice of what to pick. Did you pick something that you really like? Yeah. No, you didn't. You just picked it. <laughs> Well, thank you for picking, being the one person to pick a tomato. Thank you. So it would be kind of sad if all of this was just kind of left and no one would be able to enjoy it. So we're going to take care of this in a little bit. We'll talk about a little bit more about the rest of the stuff that's in my garden. But earlier we heard Pastor Randy read us a Bible verse. I'm going to read it one more time to help us remember that Bible verse all right it's from luke chapter 10 verse 2 he told them the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field so in this verse jesus is using the idea of a harvest a time when we pick things to explain something like a metaphor. It's ex- using a picture of something like a picture of my garden here to explain something. Jesus isn't telling us to, you know, use a combine in a field of people and pick them up or going and pulling them out of a garden or picking them off of a fruit tree like a blueberry or a cherry, right? He's saying though that people are really ready to hear about what it means to follow Jesus. And they're ready to hear about how much God loves them. And he's asking each and every one of us to be the workers to tell them these things. So I have another question. Do I have lots of questions today? Yeah, I have questions all the time. Do you guys have questions all the time too? Yeah, this one is, How do you have an idea of how we could tell or show people... What it means to be loved by God? Do you have any ideas of what we could do or say? Yes. We should love them, and that would show them that they're loved by God. That's a great answer. Yes. We can tell them that Jesus died to save us and them from their sins. That's a good message to give them as well. Any other ideas? So I would normally say if someone looks sad, go up to them and give them a hug. We can't always do that right now. But there are ways that we can show them. Have you noticed ever, I'm going to actually put my mask on. Have you noticed that you can tell if someone's smiling even if they have their mask on? It does something to your eyes so even if we have to have our mask on we can smile at people did you know that's a way to let people know that they're special that God loves them I think so you can in maybe give air 5s that That'd be a way to show someone that they're special and because You're doing it because you want them to know that God loves them. That message is there. And then you can also talk to them. It's a great way to maybe sometimes get to know each other first before you start talking about these kinds of things. Do you think you could try one of those things this week to someone you see that maybe is ready to hear that they're loved? Do you guys like to hear from your mom and dads, your grandma and grandpas? That you're loved it's kind of something special isn't it it's really special when we can give that gift to other people as well and tell them not only do I love you but God loves you as well now there's one thing left to do I need my garden to be harvested so as we finish off here you are welcome to come up. Just remember, don't trip on the handle and you can harvest whatever is left you can pick and you can even pick something to take home to your moms and dads. All right, so we're gonna finish our harvesting.
0: Thank you Jeanette for that uh, children's feature and we'll all be checking our gardens to see how our produce is growing and to see how we can share it with others. Our speaker today is Danny Mackay. He is eager to tell others about Jesus Christ. He came to Christ through some unusual circumstances and has gone on to active public ministry. He travels the world sharing the message of Jesus, and we have invited him to come and be our speaker today.
6: Well, hello and welcome Winkler and beyond. From wherever you're listening today, we welcome you and we invite you to take part in this service with us today as we celebrate all that God is doing in our lives. My goodness, what days we are living in. If you turn on the news, it just seems like chaos everywhere. We find ourselves in the middle of a global pandemic. We can see that there are wars and rumors of wars, there's earthquakes, and famines, and floodings, and murders, and racism, and even Canada is coming to grips with some of its past, uh, and the atrocities that happened in our very own history. It's difficult not to turn on the news and feel some type of anxiety, and nervousness, and uncertainty, jobs are being lost businesses are closing down it's it's been a tough go if we're honest and i don't know about you how it's affected you but i want to pray today that this message and this service today blesses you right where you are strengthens your faith and reminds you that god is with you so let me open with some prayer and I want you right now, right where you are, whether you're in your home or watching on your phone or, or however it is that you're connecting with us today, I want to ask you and invite you to think of something in your life right now that is challenging you, that is a difficulty, a mountain that you're up against, and a struggle that you're fighting. Let's lift this up to God together and invite Him into it, and let's see what He does. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your goodness that has remained upon this earth since the very moment You breathed it into existence. And God, through the ages, You are the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And God, right now, we want to pray. We want to lift up some of the challenges and the things that we are facing in our day. And we want to invite you to come inside of this struggle, this specific one that we are bringing to you right now in our own mind, whether it's family struggles or marital struggles or prodigal children or prodigal grandchildren, financial stress, physical illness, all the different things that we are facing. God, right now, in this moment, we want to reach out to you and ask for your help. God, would you reach in and jump over the defenses that we've built up against you? And would you speak? Would you draw close? Right now, I want to speak peace over troubled minds. Over depression, in Jesus' name, I want to say go, move off. Over physical bodies, God, over bones and muscle, tissue, tendons, ligaments, organs, cells. God, I want to ask you right now to release your healing ointment, that heavenly ointment of healing. Would you release that in physical bodies right now, in Jesus' name? Where there is brokenness in relationships, God, would you bring restoration and healing? Would you draw close and let resentment and unforgiveness move off? Would you heal families and homes? God, where resources are lacking, we ask you to provide in overflowing ways. Whatever the struggle is, God, right now, in every single person that's listening right now, I pray that you would draw close in this season. Would you do miracles, signs, wonders, like only you can? We don't put our faith in man. We don't put our faith in money. We don't put our faith in anything other than you. So we love you, we bless you, and we wait for what you're going to do. I pray you do it even right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 My goodness. My name is Danny McKay, and I work with Equip Canada, taking the Gospel to some of the most unreached places in the world. From the Middle East, to Asia, to Africa, to South America, and even into Europe, I am seeing God move in incredible, phenomenal ways in our world. And here in Canada. But like I said in my introduction, you know, we really can see that the world is in such desperate times. These are very difficult times. Even for us who are believers and know that Christ is coming back, we can see that there is struggles, there is hardships, there are temptations, there are different things that come and war against our faith and try to steal our peace. And so I pray that today you are encouraged and reminded of the goodness of God. I love that Paul said this in Romans. He said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. How amazing is the promise of God? Did you know that today when you woke up, you woke up one day closer to when Christ comes back? And to be honest with you, I think this is one of the most under-preached messages in the church today is the fact that Christ is coming back. We serve a king who is returning. He promised us that he will come back, He will take us to be with him, He goes ahead of us to prepare a place for us, and he will take us to be where he is. And I think that in the midst of some of these struggles and the, the, the trials that we go through in this life, we tend to forget this incredible eternal hope that's ours. We go about our day and go about our week and go about our month and go about our year and go about our lives. And we forget to lift up our head and praise and thank God for the hope that is coming. And it's not just a future hope. It's a hope we can have right now. That God is coming back and he will take us into an eternity where there will be no more death, no more dying, no more crying, no more pain. He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more disease. There will be no more war. There will be no more natural disasters. Shame will be lifted off of us as we take our seat and sit with Christ and reign with him forever, where joy and peace and love are the foundations of his entire kingdom. Wow! If you truly stop and think about it, it's real. It's happening, and we are on our way there. Aren't you glad you exist Aren't you glad God created you and made you and had a blueprint in his own heart just for you? And he knew that you would live exactly where you live, when you would be born, where you would live. He created you. And I love that this gospel has woven its way throughout the earth. And somehow it made its way to us here in 2021. And we can rejoice that our God is alive, He rose from the dead, He is seated at the right hand of God, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Him. And He's given us a command to go. Go and love. Go and reach. In fact, He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so my prayer right now for all of us in the church today, is that we continue to lay hold of this great hope and this great calling to share it with the world. In days like this, the world is so desperately needing the church to be the church, not just inside our buildings with our services, but out on the streets, in the marketplace, in the malls, in the shopping centers, the gas stations, to our neighbors, everywhere. We need to be ready with this great hope and share it with others. Amen? Now, I'm seeing God move in, in phenomenal ways in different parts of the world. Just uh, recently, before the pandemic, a small team and I were in the Amazon uh, reaching out to the Shipibo and the Ashaninka tribes, These are an unreached people group. In fact, when we showed up, I I got to ask the chief, when was the last time somebody visited your village? And he said, well, about 10 years ago, uh, a boat stopped with a few people that were on their way somewhere, uh, but they only stayed for a couple of hours. And I said, oh, how about before then? When, When did someone visit? And he said, not in my lifetime. And he was rather aged. So it had been a long time since anybody had visited this this region. And they did not have churches. They did not have the gospel. So we brought the gospel. And just getting there was a fantastic journey. It was a a two-and-a-half-hour flight, and then a a three-and-a-half-hour flight, and a a six-and-a-half-hour flight, and then... Uh, another two-hour flight to the mouth of the river, and then we drove for another couple of hours. We got in these little Pekka boats, and we drove for about uh, two or three days and then got into smaller boats and and went another four hours and then hiked for another four hours. Uh, you know, there was a... Um, A monsoon that hit there was thunder there was lightning we broke the propeller off the boat at one point we were drifting along and and a crocodile jumped out of the bush and splashed us i mean this was this was the best day of my life it was an absolutely incredible adventure getting there but inside of me was this sense of if we don't go who will We have to persevere through this. They need to hear the gospel. And when we showed up, they welcomed us, and we lived amongst them for several weeks, and we did 89 baptisms in that time. And God healed physical bodies. He did miracles. He did signs. He did wonders. Guys, it was like living in the book of Acts. And I remember at one point we were sharing the gospel, Uh, We used machetes, and we drew this uh, gospel illustration that we like to use in that region. It's very understandable for them, called the the three circles, and we were drawing it out, and this one Shapibo man came out of the bush, and he was very animated and excited uh, at what we were saying, and so... To talk to him, it's double translation. We would speak English, and then someone would translate it into Spanish, and then another translator would translate it into Chapibo, And then they would respond, and Shipibo would get translated to Spanish, and then Spanish back to English. So communication was, was slow, but this is how we were going to get the gospel to them. First, first contact. And here this man told us this story that this mor- that very morning he had woke up and heard an audible voice in his hut. And this voice told him, get up, go to such and such a village, and there you will meet some people who will give you a message that you need to take back to your people. He had no idea what this voice was or who it was or what it meant or what the message was that he was to receive. But he listened to the voice, and he showed up. And right as he showed up, we were sharing the gospel. And he was like, this is the message. I need this. And he instantly put his faith in Christ. He received Christ uh, as well as many others that day. And we accompanied him back to his village. His whole family got saved. His mother-in-law got healed and and came up off of uh, basically her deathbed. Uh, Within two days, she was up and walking around. And God did such an amazing thing in that region. You see, when we step out into this plentiful harvest, you will find that God goes with you, and God goes ahead of you. So in these days, as we embolden ourselves to share this hope of Jesus with others, because the world desperately needs this hope, you will see that God is working all around you. And not just in far out places like in the Amazon, right here in Canada. Just recently I was at a Starbucks in Winnipeg. And I walked in and the whole place was full. It was full of people. Every chair was taken, every, every seat was taken, the, everything. It was, it was very busy. And there was one chair open, and this one lady sitting at at that table, and she noticed I was looking for somewhere to sit, so she just offered and said, if you just need a spot to sit, please feel free to just share my table. I'm just working, but you're welcome to join. So I, I knew, having this readiness for the gospel, I knew God was doing something, so I sat down, And I decided to ask her what she's working on. And she told me what she does. She was planning a a wedding. She's a wedding planner, helping people pull off their big event for their day. And then she asked me, what do you do? And I said, well, I like to help people all around the planet who are far from God to be not far. And she said, oh, so are you a priest? I said, no, 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 I'm not a priest. I'm just a follower of Jesus He radically changed my life, and I love to tell other people about him. And she said, well, that must be really fulfilling. And I said, I I think so. And so I turned to her. I said, what was your name? She said, my name is Sharon. I said, Sharon, is there anything I could pray for you today? If God could do a miracle in your life, what would it be? I like starting conversations with that we call it the miracle question it's just a great invitational not confrontational way to share the gospel with someone I just offered to pray for her if God could do a miracle in your life what would it be and she instantly and immediately started to well up with tears and she said Danny I can't believe you're asking me that today I said well why She said, you know what, I'm 48 years old, and just this morning I prayed for the very first time in my life. And I said, God, if you're real, I need a miracle. And she said, and now I'm here in this Starbucks, and every chair in this place is full except my table, and you're the guy who walks in and sits down and asks me that question. She says, And through her tears, she just looked at me and she said, he's real, isn't he? And I said, yes, yes, he is. And she said, wow, my mind is blown right now. And I'm like, me too. You know, I just loved walking into this. And I got to share the gospel with her. I shared my story with her. She received Christ right there in the Starbucks. Oh, what a joy. I was sad as I left the Starbucks because I I got thinking about all the different times I've sat around people and I didn't bother to ask to pray for them. And I wondered how many opportunities have I missed? How many people are being drawn by the Holy Spirit? How many people are out in this plentiful harvest who need us to stand up and share this good news? How many times have I just talked about the weather or, you know, the jets or the pandemic and how frustrated I am with masks or whatever? Guys, the world needs This hope to be declared the harvest indeed is plentiful and jesus said that a very very long time ago but have you forgotten the hope that you have have you strayed and given into anxiety and the distractions of this life Are the weeds growing up around you? Are the thorns growing up around you, choking out your faith in this season? My brothers and sisters, I really want to invite you to come back to Jesus, to get into His presence and draw near to Him. It says this, I've been been thinking about this recently. In Galatians chapter five, Paul wrote this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit. When we got saved, when we put our faith in Christ, the Bible says that God put His Holy Spirit within us. His entire goodness and power and His being, He and dwells in us. We are the new tabernacle. We are the new temple. And He puts it in us, and we live by that Spirit. He gives us power to overcome. He gives us grace to live in holiness, to overcome temptations, to overcome uh, adversity, to have faith and to draw near to Jesus and have fellowship and a relationship with Him. This is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance to come. And though we live by the Spirit, we also, he says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. See, that requires something from us to keep in step with the Spirit. He's always going to be moving in us. He's always going to be moving around us, but we need to learn to keep in step with the Spirit. And one of the ways that I have learned, and the best way to do that, is to spend some time alone with God. See, Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray, standing on street corners and up on stage with a microphone. We don't want to just do things as an outward appearance. We want to do it the way Jesus invited us to, and he said, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. There's a promise, there's a blessing. As we draw near to God, he draws near to us, as it says in James. And I love that. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So it's like this when we step out, we initiate, <laughs> God draws near to us, he responds. And in there is a reward. So if it's been a while for you since you've gotten alone with your Father and opened up your heart, would you do that today? Would you go find some room, get down on your knees, and just thank Him for this amazing hope that we have, this glory that awaits us, and His presence that is so near. And you will find, church, I'm telling you today, you will find his arms open wide. Your father doesn't come to condemn you. Jesus did not come to condemn, but he came to seek and save the lost. So take this opportunity to draw near to God. Has it been a while? Open up your Bible. I love to when I when I when I feel like I I, I want to pray, but I I don't want to pray like my flesh is kind of you know you know, not at ease or I'm distracted or I'm weighed down by stress. I I like to open up psalms and just read them out loud. Maybe that will be helpful for you today. My brothers and sisters, let's gather before our Father. If it's been a while and you're feeling weighed down, remind yourself today of the hope that we have in Him. And like He said, He's convinced Paul is convinced that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And also, we know that in all things, I love that word, all, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. We can have faith in these times. We can be encouraged. We can be strong. We can draw near to God and feel His presence. Sometimes, and a lot of times, that requires something from us to go, to respond to God, to submit to Him, to make time, not find time, make time to be with Him. So if you are feeling discouraged, if you are feeling the weight of a lot of the challenges that are ahead of you, Know that God invites you into His very presence, that you can come into His courts with thanksgiving and praise and receive from Him encouragement, strength, comfort. His nearness will lift you. Your spirit will come alive again. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're facing, no matter how deep the pit or how far you feel off track you've gotten, The cross guarantees us that there is always a way back in Jesus' name. In fact, if you are watching today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've never given your life to Jesus, and I don't know why you're watching or someone making you watch or or you stumbled across it, today I want to say to you that you can come home you can turn back to your heavenly Father. Jesus died on the cross. God sent His very own Son and Jesus chose to come, took on the form of a man, died on the cross, and in doing so, because He was sinless and He had never done anything wrong, God placed all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our condemnation, all of our guilt, everything that we've ever done, thought, or said, It was placed upon Christ. Jesus died, fulfilling the righteous requirement. Three days later, He rose again from the dead. And He ascended back up into heaven. And God the Father opened up the gates of heaven and said, whosoever wants to come in can now come in by placing their faith in Jesus, receiving that forgiveness, and being restored to that original relationship with God that you were created for. So if you've never done that, let me pray with you right now. You can repeat after me and you could turn your life over to Jesus right now. And maybe you are already a believer, but it's been a while since you connected with God. You can pray this prayer too and reinvite God to come back into your life and get restored to that original relationship you had with him that maybe's been a little lacking lately. So, wherever you are, let's pray this together, knowing that God wants to draw near. So, just repeat after me Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that you rose again. I choose today to put my full faith in you. Please forgive whatever sin I have committed. I choose to follow you from this day forward. Come into my life and make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. If you prayed that, know that you have just right now been restored to God. Your sins are forgiven. The Bible says you have become a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here and he's filling you with his Holy Spirit. And you now have a relationship with God and a place in his eternal kingdom of heaven. So praise God. We bless you. And we thank you. Please let us know that you did that. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or for the 30th time, we want to hear about it. So let us know. But God bless you. And I'm going to close with this. This is something that I wrote a few years ago that just shows us who God is in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. He has been revealing Himself to us in many, many, many different ways through many different people and circumstances in history in the Bible. And He is absolutely amazing. So this is the God of the Bible. In Genesis, He is the Almighty all-powerful creator whose mere word can create entire worlds and galaxies and who sets the stars on fire and begins to unfold his redemption story. In Exodus, he is the unopposable and conquering deliverer who can rescue out of the darkest pits. In Leviticus, he is the powerful ruler who establishes justice and whose laws are good, right, and fair. In Numbers, he is the God who knows people by name, where they live, who their families are. He is the God who is involved. In Deuteronomy, he is the God who delights in covenant, who will never break his word and looks after all who are committed to him. In Joshua, he is the God of promise, who empowers his people to take down their enemies in a single shout, who desires to prosper his people and lead them to peace and safety In Judges, he is the God who leads his people out of oppression and delivers them when things look hopeless. In Ruth, he is the Redeemer. In 1st and 2nd Samuel, he is the mighty King. In 1st and 2nd Kings, he is the faithful Prince building his kingdom and whose prophecies come true 100% of the time. In 1st and 2nd Chronicles, he is the God who restores hope after failure and returns his promise to those that call out to him. In Ezra and Nehemiah, he is the God who builds back up what has been torn down. In Esther, he is the God who controls coincidence and who uses small people who feel insignificant to change history. He is a God who values women and holds a special place for them in his plans. In Job, he is the God who speaks in the storm, whose peace stills all confusion. He is aware of our suffering and puts the devil on a leash. In Psalms, he is the God of all glory, whose praise cannot be contained, whose songs will never cease, and who rules over every nation. In Proverbs, he is the all-wise God, whose wisdom knows no end. In Ecclesiastes, he is the God of purpose. In the Song of Songs, he is the passionate lover who chooses, who chooses and chases the objects of his affection. His heart pounds for the ones he loves. In Isaiah, Of salvation in Jeremiah, he is the God who disciplines the unfaithful, judges those who have no regard for him, yet calls out for them to come to him for forgiveness. In Lamentations, he is the God whose heart can be broken. In Ezekiel, he is the God who directs the course of history. In Daniel, he is the God who shuts the mouth of the lion. In Hosea, he is the husband who will chase his bride no matter how unfaithful she has been. In Joel, he is the God who thunders at the head of his army. In Amos, he is the God of the poor and broken. In Obadiah, he is the God who always triumphs. In Jonah, he is the God on an unstoppable mission. In Micah, he is the God who gives hope to the hopeless. In Nahum, he is the God who holds the future. In Habakkuk, he is the God who can handle doubt and doesn't mind our hard questions. In Zephaniah, he is the God who will split the heavens when he comes back to judgment. The earth And Haggai, he's the God who strengthens and gives power to those who follow him. In Zechariah, he is the God who encourages. In Malachi, he is a consuming fire. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is the very word of God in human flesh in his son Jesus. He is the kingdom come. He is the crucified king, buried, and who comes back to life from death defeating sin, Satan, and death itself. He is the author of a new covenant, and behold, He makes all things new. In Acts, He is the mighty missionary going throughout the entire earth. In Romans, He is the God who desires to save. In First and Second Corinthians, He is the great shepherd who pastors His wandering people. In Galatians, He is the God who sets free from dead religion and replaces it with a faith filled with love and awe. In Ephesians, He's the God who breaks down all barriers between race, age, man and woman, and social status. He is the God of family. In Philippians, He is the God who strengthens the persecuted. In Colossians, he is the creator, the sustainer, and the center of all things. In 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he is the God who is coming back. In 1st and 2nd Timothy, he is a father to those he is discipling and cares for his children. In Titus, he is a God who is a faithful and capable leader. In Philemon, he sets the slaves free. In Hebrews, he is the commander of angels, the author and finisher of our faith and superior to all. In James, he is the giver of wisdom to anyone who asks. In 1st and 2nd Peter, he is the God who brings strength to those that suffer and relief to the persecuted. He is the God of glory, courage, and grace. In 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he is the God who walks in love. In Jude, he is the God of integrity, and in Revelation, he is the first and he is the last. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He is the beginning and He is the end. He is the holder of the key of David and is a coming King who will create a new heaven and new earth and wipe every tear from every eye and reign forever with His chosen ones. He will end all dying and all mourning and all crying and all pain and His kingdom will never end and neither will the joy of all who follow Him and call Him King in Jesus' name." Amen and amen. That is our God. And I pray that today you are very much encouraged. God bless you right where you are. We'll see you very soon. Amen.
0: Thank you to Danny Mackay for sharing the challenge with us from the Word. May God help us to actively speak about and live out the message of good news from Jesus to the world one person at a time. Thanks also to Mayor Martin Harder, Orlando and Grace Sukow, Ryan Rimple and Jeanette Hepner. We appreciate also the service of Simmons Multimedia for assisting us in the production of this online service. And thank you to Precision Land Solutions for the use of their facilities for this recording. Just a reminder that donations may be made to assist in the work of Danny Mackay, Give the Word, and Eden Foundation through Bethelberg Tuller Mennonite Church either by mail at Box 197 Winkler or through online giving at the Bethelberg toller Mennonite Church website. A direct giving link has been set up at that website for this offering. In just a moment, we'll hear another song by Orlando and Grace Sukow, but I would like to read these words from 1 Peter 4, verses 7 to 11. It says here that, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love one another deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.
2: So we're going to end this morning with a blessing. It's the Lord's blessing. You and keep you, make his face shine upon.